Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we're talking about charitable contributions and how that affects your taxes. We are coming up to end of the year. Joining me today is Wade Watkins. He is a partner at Squire and also Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. And UACPA is the sponsor of Money Making Sense. So it's always a good time when we've got Susan on board. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. Wade, I am going to start with you. First of all, I want to know, is there a limit to how much money I can contribute to a charity that I can then take off my taxes? Uh, Good question. There is a limit, but it's on the side of, it's on the tax side. So it really depends on whether or not you itemize your deductions. And then there are some phase out percentages as far as that is concerned. As far as the the charity side, there really isn't. So if I have unlimited income and I am feeling very philanthropic, I can just give away as much money as I want. However, only a portion of what I give away can be reported on my taxes. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Yes. And and there is a limit. If you itemize, there's a limit that it ranges 50 to 60 percent of your adjusted gross income each year. That If you're above that, then that can be carried over to subsequent years, but it can't be carried over indefinitely. So there is a limit on how long you can carry that over before it needs to be used. When you say carry over, what, what do you mean by that? So it would be, so if you were not able to use hypothetical, you gave $50,000 to a charity and you were not able to deduct all of that on your taxes in the current year, you can, the piece that you can't deduct, you can carry over to next year and deduct it next year. And if next year I'm also a bit over my allowable deduction, then I can carry that for a second year. You can. You can carry it over up to five years. Okay. All right. So if you haven't used it all up by the end of the fifth year, then you would lose it, that that potential deduction. You talked about itemized deductions. How Mm -hmm. does that work with charitable deductions? Because that changed a few years ago under the Trump administration as to where we can start doing an actual itemized tax return. Yes. So it, it depends on how what you have as far as deductions that qualify for that itemized deduction. One of those is charitable contributions. The other is if you have a, a mortgage on a home and the interest associated with that mortgage can be deductible, uh, state taxes, state and local taxes, some of those other things, all of those get lumped together. And if you have, if they add up to more than the standard deduction, then you can itemize. It's better for you to itemize. Right now for married filing joint, that for 2023, I don't have the exact number on the top of my head, but it's around 28,000, I believe. Can I itemize even if I don't reach the standard itemized deduction point? I guess you could, but it's not worth it. Uh, okay. Because because the standard deduction tax-wise would be more beneficial to take the standard deduction than to itemize. Okay, so it's just important to realize itemizing isn't always your best option. And if you're confused True. or you're not sure, you probably want to go talk to a tax person. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And older taxpayers, as they, if they don't have that mortgage interest deduction, other things, they may give to charities and not be able to deduct it on their taxes. Now, taxes isn't the only reason to give to a charity either. There's, there's the, the, the charitable intent and, and uh, to help out the charities and stuff. That's why a lot of people give, not just for the tax deduction. No, I am not philanthropic at all. And the yeah. only reason I give <laughs> is so I get a better rate on my taxes. So that's, that's right. how that goes. <laughs> all right, Susan, anything to add from your perspective on giving and the rates that we have and how much? You know, a couple things. I think that this is the time of year when we see a lot of fundraisers, a lot of charitable organizations reaching out for year-end donations. I mean, this is when many big organizations, this is their time of year when they get their biggest mm-hmm. revenue, if you will. I would just caution and I would just urge our listeners that they make sure that they are recognized charitable organizations per the IRS. You can get onto the IRS website and it'll list, you know, typically there'll be a 501c3 And if they're in good standing with the IRS, they will pop up. You can go on the website and just double check. I I recommend that whether you're giving $10, $10,000, you know, especially as you get up into those levels where you're going to be itemizing deductions, there would be nothing worse than being audited and seeing that your $10,000 donation was not to an acceptable charitable organization. So I did yeah. not realize that. I can't just give to anybody I want to and write that off? Well, you can give to anybody you want, Heather, but if you want a charitable donation on your tax return, I really would recommend that you just double check. Mm-hmm. Yes, d- double check and make sure there are documentation requirements as well. So make sure that, that those are met. And another good place to go is charitywatch.org, and they will will rate and have additional information on charities and what they use the the funds for, those types of things. Okay, so charitywatch.org to just make sure that we are giving to places that are going to actually send your money to where you want it to go, and also that they qualify if we are trying to maybe lower our tax burden, that that money is qualifies for that. Yes. And, and I guess one other thing to point out, too, is there's a differentiation. We've mainly been talking right now about cash donations. A lot of people also, they do what's called in-kind donations. So it may be stock or a piece of artwork or some other item. And there are different rules for those in-kind donations. And if it's over a certain limit, so if over $5,000, then it has to be appraised and some other requirements there to be aware of if you're giving something other than cash. This is a good place to take a break. When we come back, we might want to go into those rules. So we'll be right back with Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA, and also Wade Watkins, who is a partner at Squire. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show. If money affects your life in any way whatsoever, we're talking about it. Today, we're talking about tax planning and your charitable contributions or donations. Joining me is Wade Watkins. He's a partner at Squire and also Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs. In the last segment, Wade, you were talking about 
a non-cash donation. You mentioned artwork that you may have to get it appraised. What about boats or something? Same thing. If it, if it's over that dollar limit, potential $5,000, then it would require some type of documentation, typically an appraisal of that. So most often this in-kind uh, non-cash we see are stocks. So uh, and it's a, it's any really appreciated property. So if you have, maybe you were gifted a, a share of stock for General Electric, and it was when when you received it, it was worth ten dollars, and it's now worth a hundred dollars. You, if you donate that to a charity, you can take a tax deduction of a hundred dollars, the fair market value of that at the time of you donate it. But there are a couple things to consider. One is that you have to have held that for at least a year. If you don't hold it for a year and a day, then you have to take the the, the value of that as a, an ordinary income on your tax return. If you hold it for that year and a day, donate it, then you can take that $100 as a charitable contribution. I said boat, and it brought to mind there's an organization here in Utah, Kidney Cars, where people can donate their cars. Is that the same? I would have to get my car appraised to donate it to the Kidney Cars if I wanted to write off on my taxes? I'm not as familiar with Kidney Cars, but typically on those, what they will do if you donate it to an organization like that, they will have it appraised or they will sell it. They will take care of that side of it and then send you documentation of what the what the, the value was or what they sold it as. And then that's what you would take on your tax re, uh, claim on your tax return. So the person who donates the item isn't always the one responsible for getting all the appraisals well. Right? Yes. If you give it to one of those, they will hand, typically handle all of that for you. Oh, and you'll want to make sure that you keep that documentation just in, in your tax records. You don't have to submit it with your tax return. But again, if you're audited or if the, you know, the IRS will sometimes do what's called operations audits and they may ask for that documentation, just make sure that you hold on to that. Yes. For how many years do I have to hang on to that? I would say the statute, you know, three three year statute. But then, of course, if you get audited, they can go back another three years. So if you're really conservative, I would hold on to it for at least six years. You can do that in digital formats. So. <laughs> You forget, I'm still all in about paper. <laughs> are there other rules for donating things that especially are not cash that we need to be aware of? Not necessarily. They, the, I mentioned that the, the cash donations are limited to a certain percentage of your adjusted gross income. Same thing with non-cash, but that percentage that is allowed is is a lower percentage. And they're looked at separately, the cash versus the non-cash. Let's say I make $100,000 and I'm allowed to give 50% of my adjusted gross income. So I could give $50,000 in cash to charity. Could I also give whatever the percentage is of non-cash donation? Or does the total together have to only be 50%? Yeah, that's a good question. They look at them independently. So they would look at the cash and look at the percentage there, the 50%, and then they would look at the, the non-cash 
and and look at that. So I could give 20% of my adjusted gross income, if that's the number, as a non-cash donation, and then also give the $50,000 cash donation, because I'm really yeah. bucking to like get lower tax burden here. Yeah. <laughs> Susan, anything on else on rules that we need to go over? Well, we could get a little more complicated if you wanted and talk about the qualified charitable distributions from IRA accounts. Oh, now I've heard about that. We can take money from our IRA and give to a charity. Do we still have to be over 59 and a half in order to withdraw from that IRA to do that? If you say, okay, I think this year the you can donate up to $100,000 of your That's required correct. minimum mm-hmm. distribution. So you could tell whoever's handling your IRA or whatever that I want to give $100,000 to this charitable organization. And then they do that directly to the charitable organization and you do not claim that amount as income on your tax return. Mm-hmm. Now... You do not get to claim it as an itemized deduction. deduction. Yeah. So you can't double yeah. dip. The, the <laughs> other thing to, to be aware of on that also is you mentioned 59 and a half. To make a charitable, qualified charitable donation, the donor must actually be 70 and a half, That's above true. 70 and a half. And as Susan mentioned, whoever is handling your IRA, your retirement account, you can di- ask them to send it directly to the charity or they could send it to you, but it has to be made in the charity's name, and then you could donate it to the charity. The check has to be made in the charity's name. Okay, why do you have to wait to be that old, 70 and a half, before you can take money from your IRA to give to a charity? That's what Congress decided. (laughs) 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 That's just the the rule that they've, they've set, so... Okay. Well, I guess they're thinking if you've lived to 70 and you still have a lot of money, you should just give it up. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) All right. Let's just take one more break. So when we come back, we can go into a couple of other items and wrap things up. So we'll be right back with Wade Watkins. He is a partner at Squire and also Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that affects your life in any way, money-wise. We're talking about it today. We are talking about charitable donations and tax planning. And correct me if I'm wrong, one of you, my guests are Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA, and Wade Watkins, a partner at Squire. We only have until December 31st to give any donations that we want to write off on this year's taxes, right? Yeah. That is correct. Right. It has to be the the donation has to be made by the thirty first. Okay, I keep saying write off. I know that's not quite exactly how that works. So, Wade, you can tell us how does giving something to charity affect my taxes? Is it taken as a deduction versus a credit? Sure, it it is taken as a deduction as long as you are able to itemize your on on your tax return and again that is where you have above a certain amount of those deductions that add up to around 28 30,000 for married filing joint for 2023 um if it's below that again it's you for philanthropic reasons 
you may give to a charity, um, and and that's not necessarily deductible on your taxes, but it still makes you feel good, and it, it helps out <laughs> the charities and, and others. I'm going to be filing single. So mm-hmm. in order to get above the standard deduction for me, I have to have enough itemized deductions that will be greater than $14,000 this year. So if my itemized deductions comes up to $13,700, I may want to just give $500 to somebody so that I can itemize to 14,200. Yes, that that's that's a good point. If being single or even married filing joint, if you're close, you may want to, sometimes you will hear people talk about what they call bunching. So maybe you were thinking of giving uh, a charity next year that $500,000 or 500 or $1,000, but you put it into this year and that bumps you up to where you have enough to where you can itemize. Oh, you're over that, like, as you said, for single, uh, 14000 And then next year, you may be below it, so you would take the standard deduction next year. We see that occasionally that they will, especially here uh, in, in Utah, where a lot of people donate to uh, religious organizations and they may do tithing. They may do two years' worth of tithing uh, in one year and bunch that so they can itemize and then take the standard deduction on the off year. Okay. So Susan, can't this hurt charities though? Because you said like this month in particular, or at least like mid November to the end of December is like the biggest payday essentially for most charities. But if you have people, some are giving more in one year and not in another. I mean, how does a charity figure out what their budget is going to be? They struggled. And as we look at the financing and the budgets for the year, we know that bunching is going up like we just talked about, where we may give two years in one year. The standard deduction where for 2023 is 13850 I just looked it up for the single people. We, we know that that's harder for people, to, you know, to get above that. And so we've seen, we've actually seen charitable donations go down. So it it has been a struggle. And then we throw the economy and even the stock market where you're working with endowments or foundations or whatever. We just don't have the income to give away like we've had. So it's it's been a challenge. Mm -hmm. Any tips from either of you to help us either knowing whether this is a correct charity that we're giving to and also how to help when we file our taxes and our tax burden? I would say to look ahead, you know, Wayne mentioned bunching, um, kind of, I mean, I, I, I don't think it ever hurts to be thinking about the next tax year as you're doing your current year taxes. So if you're doing 2023, it never hurts to be thinking about what 2024 looks like, mm-hmm. you know, so that you can be doing a little bit of planning. And if we need help with that planning, you've said that before, Susan, like planning, and I'm like, what? What do you mean planning? I mean, I just wait until all my W-2s come in and then I file my taxes. So this is probably where I might want to get the help of a CPA. Yes, we within Squire and, and other CPAs are usually quite busy in November and December helping clients plan for the end of the current year. And then, as Susan says, into the next year. 
Susan, where can people go if they want to make sure they get an honest, decent CPA? You know, they can go onto our website. If you go onto uacpa.org and click on the find a CPA near you or find a CPA, you can put in some information. And once that's put in, it'll populate with some CPAs that may be that right fit for you. Great. Well, thank you so much. We had Wade Watkins today. He's a partner at Squire. And also Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA, that's Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. And UACPA is the sponsor of Money Making Sense. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's H-K-E-L-L-Y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.